Welcome to the Hello Someday podcast, the podcast for busy women who are ready to drink less and live more. I'm Casey McGuire-Davidson, ex-red wine girl turned life coach, helping women create lives they love without alcohol. But it wasn't that long ago that I was anxious, overwhelmed, and drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. I thought that wine was the glue holding my life together, helping me cope with my kids, my stressful job, and my busy life. I didn't realize that my love affair with drinking was making me more anxious and less able to manage my responsibilities. In this podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz, how to sit with your emotions when you're lonely or angry, frustrated or overwhelmed, how to self-soothe without a drink, and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. I am so glad you're here. Now let's get started. Hey there. I've got some big news for you that I have been not so patiently waiting to tell you about. After six months away, my super popular, completely free masterclass is back and it's better than ever. I've been working on it for months. So if you have been struggling to get sober momentum, please go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash class. You can sign up for my free training, Five Secrets to Taking a Break from Drinking, even if you've tried and failed in the past. In this 60-minute masterclass, I am going to share with you all the things you need to stop doing because they're setting you up for self-sabotage and what you need to start doing instead. I am giving you the steps and the mindset shifts that I go through every day with my private coaching clients, and it is completely free. So if you are sober curious, if you've been thinking about taking a break from alcohol, this class is going to set you up for success. I promise you it is worth your time. So hit pause on this episode, go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash class and save your seat. Hi there. Today we're going to talk about dry January and I've got the most amazing guest to walk you through it. Hillary Scheinbaum has been a dry January participant and advocate since 2017. As a reporter, she's covered topics ranging from wellness treatments to celebrity red carpets to chef interviews, cocktail trends and new fitness classes, as well as beauty treatments and wedding styles. She's also written quite a bit about navigating life without alcohol, from the dating world to restaurants and other things. Her trend pieces and profile pieces have appeared in the New York Times, USA Today, Mary Claire, and more. And she's been featured as an entertainment and lifestyle expert on Good Morning America and other outlets. But today we're here to talk about her work and her book, The Dry Challenge. And so I'll let her tell you about her book. But Hillary, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be on. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. And I actually, I read a couple of your articles that were in the New York Times and loved them and reached out to you because you wrote a whole book on a dry challenge and how to navigate 30 days alcohol-free with a lot of really super helpful tips and tricks. And so I thought you would be a great person. A lot of my listeners come into January and are like, okay, it's time. I'm ready to not drink. I'm ready to stop drinking, to take a break. And dry January is really a big thing nowadays, right? I mean, it's in the vernacular. People know about it in culture. Absolutely. And it has certainly grown over the past couple of years. And I think it's only going to grow more and more as we continue. So it's a very exciting time for people who are opting to, you know, give up alcohol for January and maybe even or other dry months. So very exciting time. 
Yeah. Well, so tell us what sparked the idea for the dry challenge. Yeah, it's actually a really funny slash silly story. And to be completely honest, it was unintentional. Um, My first dry January began because of a silly bet that I made with one of my very close guy friends. And it was on a whim. So to give you a little bit of background, um, as you had mentioned, I used to be a red carpet reporter. And around the time, uh, which was 2016, I was doing red carpets, going to these amazing, you know, Hollywood premieres and other events, and certainly attending after parties that had top shelf liquor and very fancy champagne. And, you know, I wasn't necessarily drinking on the job or drinking every night, but it wasn't discouraged. You know, you could definitely have a drink or two while you were at an event. So I was doing that on a regular basis at night. I was also writing about food and beverage during the day, which involved sampling beers and wine, spirits, cocktails, you know, chatting with bartenders and other mixologists. And, you know, being a 20-something in New York City, the culture is definitely geared toward alcohol-related activities, whether you're going on dates, whether you are celebrating a friend's birthday, Even if you're going to have a calm day in the park, typically people will bring a bottle of wine. So as you can imagine, um, you know, I, again, was not drinking every day necessarily, but certainly alcohol was for my social life and for my work life and dating life. And so, you know, when I I did have this random dinner with my friend um, as we were nearing 2017, we were just catching up. And um, he brought up the topic of New Year's resolutions and the subject of dry January came about. Um, I thought at the time that it was not something I would ever be able to complete because, you know, then I was so involved uh, red carpets and, and writing about booze and definitely, you know, just having fun too. So, which involved alcohol at the time. So, um, you know, we, we dropped the subject. And a week later, on New Year's Eve, with a glass of champagne in one hand and my phone in the other, I was wishing people Happy New Year's. And I just decided to text my friend Alejandro and initiate a dry January bet. And he agreed. And so at the stroke of midnight, I, I put down my glass and, and that was it. I, was, I had officially started my first dry January at the beginning of 2017. That is very cool. I love that. And when you were talking about sort of your red carpet uh, job and life, you were taking me back because one of my most fun jobs I ever had was I was at this photography company, editorial photography and video called Getty Images. And I was their director of product marketing globally for entertainment. So I got to go to Fashion Week and Toronto Film Festival and Sundance Film Festival and have to say that I drank way more um, than I probably could have also because I love to drink. But, um, you know, the events were lovely and got fuzzy and I was pretty ill the next day. Yeah, which was not always, well, never fun, right? Like nobody likes a hangover. But at the time, right, like it's so exciting to be there and be in the moment and and imbibe when you are kind of it's part of the culture it's part of the event and as a participant and as somebody who is you know not just attending but also work it's almost your job to kind of blend in right like to be a part of it yeah and I have to say you know I was nervous and so I drank because you know you're around these celebrities and photographers and you want to fit in although and I don't know if I should tell this story although what the hell right I've told all the other ones I was like 27 years old and I was in our LA office and I was doing customer research so we were going to visit extra tv and entertainment tonight and all these big clients and of course I'd been in LA I went out drinking the night before and I was throwing up in our office bathroom, trying to do it really, really quietly before I got in my director of photography's car to go visit clients. And like, I was so worried. I get carsick anyway, but I was hungover. And I was just like, 
this is a fucking nightmare. I was sweating. So like as quote unquote glamorous as it is, I'm just like, yeah, that was a bad call. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can we talk about perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause for a minute? I am 48, so if you're going through it, I'm right there with you. I mean, hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts, the low moods, the poor sleep, it is not cool. And that's why I was really excited to find a supplement called Hormone Harmony by Happy Mammoth. It contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like those super fun hormonal changes. It helps reduce menopause symptoms head on. And if you're interested in trying it, you can use the code HELLO for 15% off your first order. Women cannot stop raving about it on social media, but the biggest benefit is the simplest, feeling like yourself again. So if you're going through this, like I'm going through this, for a limited time, you can get 15% off your first order at happymammoth.com with promo code HELLO. That's happy, M-A-M-M-O-T-H.com. And use promo code HELLO for 15% off your first order. It's really rough. I think like, you know, part of that job, and I could talk about just the, the red carpet stuff and that job, alcohol for literal days. But it's, it's interesting to see, like, kind of peel back the curtain, right? About what people think is, is super and... It is fun sometimes, and but it is work, and there are a lot of things that that happen that maybe are not as glamorous as yeah. one would think. Yeah. Well, so let's jump in because one of the things I love about your book is that you really go through the sort of block and tackling and the details of like how to do a dry January, and I am a super practical girl. So when I was looking through this, you have a chapter on how it started and on the mental and physical benefits, but then really like how to talk to your friends groups, how to track what you're feeling, ideas of other things to do. And so I think that's super helpful because a lot of people, they're like, yes, I want to take a break from alcohol or I feel like shit or I want to do a health kick, but like, how do I even start, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, what is the first step or any step? Right. Because I think that when you approach any kind of challenge or new feat or idea, it can be very overwhelming. There are so many routes, there are so many different ideas about how things should be done. And everybody definitely has their own way of doing things. I certainly did. But I think that, you know, just having kind of like an idea of like where to start or like an to ease into it, not even ease into it because you're definitely alcohol, but to, to really just like have a practical way of doing it, I think is really important. Yeah. Well, so tell us about some of the mental and the physical benefits of not drinking. Yeah, there are so many. I can tell you personally, one major, I would say both physical and mental benefit that I um, experienced was the amount of sleep that I was getting um, before my dry challenge was abominable. And I mean, like, we're talking four to five hours a night where I would go to bed and I would wake up at like four in the morning or like five in the morning. I just like would not be able to go back to sleep. And it wasn't just like, oh, no, this happens once every now and then. It was like every night, very consistent or at least, you know, every other night. And I would feel anxious. And obviously, I would feel overtired. My thoughts would be racing. But when I gave up alcohol, that especially that first year, it was very, very clear to me how much drinking was affecting my sleeping and my sleeping patterns. So, you know, um, pretty early on, I was um, I was sleeping through the night, first of all, and I was sleeping like seven to eight hours, which is like a marathon compared to what I was doing before. And everyone knows that when you have really poor quality sleep or just like one bad night, it can really wreck your day, it can wreck your mood. You feel just like off and down. And that in itself was a complete 
um, you know, 180 for me because I felt calmer, more well rested, more put together, less rushed, less anxious. I had a lot of a better mental clarity, which I think also, you know, just in general is a big plus when you um, eliminate alcohol from your diet. And so that alone was just mind blowing to me because I thought it had nothing to do with alcohol. And I still to this day, when, when my friends are telling me like, oh, I'm stressed, I'm not sleeping. I said, did you drink? Yeah. Oh yeah, but I drank like two days ago. I said, but you drank within the past week? Um, you know, because sleep cycles, like it, anyway, I'm not going to get into the, the science of it, but, but basically long story short, like I really thought that my fast paced life and my career and the stress that was coming from, you know, being a freelance writer and all the, the work related things were what was, you know, making me not sleep. And yeah. when I took out alcohol, it was very clear that that was a major component. Yeah, that's what so, I thought too. I was like, oh, I don't sleep because my job is so stressful. And then you get rid of the alcohol and you're like, oh, or it's the alcohol. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, just because you give up doesn't mean that your life stresses will go away. It doesn't mean that necessarily your sleep is going to, you know, be magical every single night. But I will say that it is an amazing first step to, you know, getting more shut eye and just feeling clear headed in general and feeling more relaxed because alcohol is just is not good for anxiety either. So yeah. So that, so those are a few. I will say also for people, you know, who love beauty products and are really focused on their skincare. I'm such a skincare nerd. Um, you know, alcohol is terrible for your skin. You know, if you're one of those people who's concerned about fine lines and wrinkles, I mean, a great first step would also be to eliminate alcohol from your diet. So, you know, there are internal and external factors. And and certainly, I mean, I think, you know, dry January happens to be, you know, part of the new year when people start making these resolutions and often it is to be healthier. And I think just, you know, instead of having that general idea of like what health is, right, that could be your diet, that could be exercise, that could be your mental health. I think focusing on one part of that, which is removing entirety of the month can just do wonders. So yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you on that. And, you know, you mentioned getting so much better sleep and I noticed that too. And one of the things I think people struggle with if they is sort of like, if they go to bed early, they feel lame, right? I mean, or boring or bored. And, you know, women I know and work with feel that way at the age of 40 when they have two little kids. So Tell me being in your 20s, like, how did you deal with that? Or was it an issue for you at all? First of all, I would love to go to bed early every night. I'm, I'm just a morning person in general now. But as a former night owl, I will say that just because I wasn't drinking didn't mean I was not having fun. I was having more fun. Like, I, you know, would have alternative beverages, like I would, you know, have these non-alcoholic cocktails or, you know, some other, you know, beverage that was obviously alcohol free, but I was still going to bars. Like I was still seeing my friends and I was still socializing. And I think that especially in those moments, like if I was at a bar and, you know, my friends or acquaintances were inebriated and I felt uncomfortable, it was kind of like, oh, like, that's a red flag. Like I should go home because this is not fun. And, and that also made me realize that like, if I did decide to stay home another night or do something else, or, you know, I had plans early in the morning the next day, like I didn't want to be out because I was not on that level and it wasn't fun. So there is a fear of missing out, but I think that it is kind of like almost, um, what's the word it's like the fear of missing out is like over exaggerated almost yeah. because you're not going to want to be there if you are there is my is my point like you can have as much fun with your friends and then you know there's a turning point in the night you say goodbye or like my biggest tip in that case would be to take the social reins in your friend group and plan something that is not alcohol centric so like plan a workout with your friends, you know, plan a hike, plan a yoga class, plan, if you're into knitting, like, 
do whatever it is that makes you happy that does not involve alcohol and get people involved because like I think that you know socializing around booze is such a staple in this country and others but I think that like there are so many opportunities yeah I think you're totally right and I love that you said that because a lot of people who tend to drink a lot, myself included, tend to be sort of the social organizers, right? And part of it Mm -hmm. is we're really good at organizing wine tastings and dinner parties and get togethers. But you can use that skill to organize so many cool activities that are not centered around alcohol and get your friends on board. So um, one of the things that, that one of my clients suggested but it's kind of fun is she's like, go on Groupon. There are like the weirdest, coolest things that you can get for Groupon, like aerial yoga or like gymnastics or, you know, um, trapeze. I think I, for some reason I'm on this like aerial thing, which is hysterical because it's not me. But um, but there are so many things you you haven't thought of that actually would be really fun. And, you know, if other people are doing dry January too, that's awesome. Or like go on a hike with your friends all day or go sledding and then have hot chocolate. Like some of that fits in really well. When I was drinking, I used alcohol to calm my mind, to relieve anxiety and to sleep well at the end of a busy day. I didn't know that alcohol actually spiked my stress hormone, increased anxiety, and as little as one glass of wine a night reduced my sleep quality by 24%. I was really excited to find Tanasi, a better way to find calm, rest, relief, and to reduce inflammation. Tanasi creates the highest quality, scientifically validated CBD and hemp extract products. Tanasi's formula includes a unique combination of CBD and CBDA in every dose, which is two times more effective than just CBD alone. So if you want to create a sense of calm, to calm your mind, to relax before bed for a great night of sleep, try Tanasi. Tanasi's being really generous with our listeners. You can go to Tanasi.com and use code HELLO to get 25% off at checkout right now. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with the promo code HELLO and get ready to sleep well. Totally. And like, it's so interesting to hear you say like, that's not me. Because like, if you think about it, if you were going out at night, you're not going to want to swing upside down the next day if you're hungover, if you've been drinking. But like, look how much like that has opened a door for you. You can go and do that. And I think that people often think like, not drinking, like, that's not me. But like, there are so (laughs) many activities. And like, you have all this time now to explore. And I say this often is like, I think dry January is the best time to explore new activities, to catch up on things that you've been putting off. And to also like, you know, try those non-alcoholic beverages that you may have not, you know, considered in the past. So yeah, please send everyone a video of you doing the trapeze. I mean, oh my God. Well, the reason, the reason I said that's not me is because, you know, I used to have to do these like rope courses for team bonding on like corporate excursions. Like the, they always like, or I was like, oh fuck, don't make us go on another like team bonding activity. But I went on these rope courses way, way, way up high and did not realize I was scared of heights until my legs started shaking. Oh, my God. Like it was a physical reaction, not a mental one. So I was like, who am I kidding? I am never fucking doing a trapeze routine because I would be terrified up there. But other things, I'll do other things. Yeah, I was going to say, I do trapeze. Like, I mean, I, I don't have a fear of heights. I definitely have a fear of like falling from heights if I'm not like in something Oh, I, I I don't think it's, you know, natural to like jump off the building or anything. So and my point being, though, I tried trapeze and I actually really enjoyed it. I think, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a maybe it's a fear to conquer. Obviously, it's not for you. It's not for you. But <laughs> just just saying, like, 
All right. I'll see. I'll see if that's on my bucket list for January and I'll report back if I end up doing it. Let me know. Maybe you can just swing. You don't have to like let go of it, you know? Yeah. Well, so one of the things that you have in your book and you talk about is ideas on how to talk to your friend group. So what do you suggest in that area? Um, I think there are a few approaches and I've done many of them depending on who I'm speaking to. So for example, you know, the first year that I did right January, I had this bet going with Alejandro and the quote unquote winner of the bet was going to receive a meal paid for by the person who did not succeed. And it was open to any restaurant in New York City, which, as you can imagine, gets very, very expensive. So we were not kidding around. And I think that, you know, depending on if people knew Alejandro in my friend group, I would tell them, I cannot lose this bet. Like, I have to stick it out. I think he has to lose. And it became like a funny thing that they could get behind and support. Yeah. And same with him, too, I think. But, you know, on dates, too, I would tell people, like, I have this crazy bet. And got, and guys thought it was, you know, great. They thought it was hilarious. They were like, of course, like, stick it to him. Like, you got this. I think that, you know, there were other people maybe that we weren't engaged in a long conversation or they tried to hand me a drink. And I was like, no, thank you. And depending on, you know, how much I wanted to interact with them, I would say, like, listen, like, not drinking right now or not drinking this month or not drinking this week or, you know, I'm doing a dry January. And then people would you know, ask what that was. And I would explain to them, I think, you know, especially that first year, I I didn't have a why, right? Like I, I, I didn't set out with an intention because I didn't plan to do it until literally like the last minute. And when people would say like, well, why are you doing that? Like, I couldn't say like, it was for my health or it was, you know, whatever it was. That's them. Like, I just want to see what happens because I was actually very curious. I don't think that there had been a 30 day period of time. And this is obviously very eye opening that I hadn't consumed alcohol maybe since, you know, I mean, I didn't drink a lot in college, so maybe that was it. So, but if, when you think about like, Oh, there hasn't been a, a month long where I haven't had a sip of alcohol in the past, like five years, that can be kind of overwhelming. And ultimately, you know, I, I know your question was about like how to respond. I think that you can just respond. comfortable. You can be, upfront and honest and say like this is what I'm doing and it's for xyz you can say like eh, I'm not drinking tonight or I'm getting up early tomorrow or you can just like not answer them just like eh, whatever like I'm never like if it's somebody random in a bar who giving you a hard time just walk away and the cool thing about dry January is it's actually a thing like they'll write about it in the New York Times you see articles about it in self magazine like you can just be like, oh, I'm doing dry January or me and some of my friends are doing dry January, right? And if they don't know what it is, like you said, you can you can tell them about it. You can educate them. It's it's so amazing now how much coverage, you know, how many people participate. And I think that to your point, I think that people are more aware of what this, you know, dry month is and why people do it and and that sort of thing, especially coming off the holidays. But I think, you know, when I initially was doing this, it's popular. And I think also you can see the differences in the way that people are treating, you know, the sober curious movement or sobriety and how it's shifted. Because back in the day, you know, you couldn't go to a bar and order a non-alcoholic beer or a non-alcoholic cocktail without like, oh, can you mix? X, Y, and Z together and asking the bartender for that. And now, not everywhere, but in a lot of large cities, you look at the the cocktail menu and right next to it is the non-alcoholic beverage section. And I don't mean like Diet Coke. I mean like, you know, a fully executed menu that tastes good and isn't like a Shirley Temple or like a virgin pina colada. So I think it's come a long way and I think it still has the way to go. But like I said, I... I think it's a really exciting time now because there are so many people who are are more interested about, you know, not drinking for whatever reason. Yeah. And with New Year's resolutions, especially after the boozy holidays, like most people get it without even questioning it, right? Like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this health kick too, or I'm whatever it is. 
but we mentioned you could explain what dry January is, and I realized we didn't actually explain it. So please tell us we what should. dry January is <laughs> and how it originated. Yeah. So dry January is the act of giving up all forms of alcohol for the entirety of the first month of the year. So that means no beer, no spirit, no wine, tails, no sips of champagne, nothing for 31 days. And dry January originated in the UK. It was actually um, the brainchild of this woman named Emily Robinson, and she kind of accidentally started it too, because her mission was to, you know, get better and and basically achieve a personal record for a half marathon that was trained that she was training for, and um, while doing so, in order to you know cut down her time while running and you know be healthier and train for her race, she decided to give up alcohol, and it happened to be in the month of. January because her race was in February. So she did it and she felt right. She achieved her goal and she told all of her colleagues about it. And at the time she was working for a charity organization in the UK that, you know, has, has dealt with, you know, eliminating substances and substance abuse. And the organization decided to make it into a full blown campaign the next year. And so, you know, over the years, they have come back to that idea. They, you know, obviously, um, encourage people not to drink all year long, but dry January is really the, what kicked that off um, was, you know, Emily. And, and now, you know, what started in the UK is obviously in the US, it's global. I mean, people do it everywhere. And um, I think it's amazing. And they do other dry months too. So it's one of those things that kind of happened by chance and yeah. has now impacted the entire world. That's awesome. So one yeah. of the things you suggest is tracking how you're feeling during the month mm-hmm. of January. So tell me about that and why it's important. I think it's really important to track how you're feeling, if not on a daily basis and on a weekly basis, or, you know, however long, however you feel comfortable. I just think that there should be a little bit of like mile markers, because I think it's easy to reach the end of you know, a goal or accomplishment and say, that was, I did this and this is how much, you know, weight I lost, or this is, I felt better, or I did X, Y, and Z. But I think that if you see it, like these incremental steps, because giving up alcohol is not an easy thing to do, like period. And I should have said that first and foremost. I mean, it's so ingrained in our culture. It's obviously a very addictive substance. Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that is, really associated with alcohol, depending on who you are and stigmas and, you know, all these things. And so when somebody either announces that to a group, it can be really rough. And I think really, you know, um, journaling or tracking like what the conversations are can really help you reflect at the end of the month and say like, wow, this is the step-by-step of how this changed, you know, my physical health or my mental health or, even my friendships or my relationships and and really kind of paint a clearer picture. I think it's easy to say like, you know, Oh, I I ran a marathon, but like, what does that mean? Right? Like when people run marathons, that means they're waking up at ridiculous times. It means that they are potentially getting injured. It means that they are, you know, channeling support from friends and that they are giving up, you know, their mornings or their evenings or specific foods or whatever it is to enhance what they're doing. And I think, doing a dry month is probably harder in some regards, right? Yeah. Depending on, you know, who you are and, and your lifestyle. So, um, yeah, I think just having that to look back on, it can be really inspiring. And, and certainly if you're having, you know, like if it's week three and you feel like, wow, I just really am done with this. You can really look back and be like, I've come so far. Yeah. I just have a little bit more to go. Yeah. Yeah, And I, I love that too. Um, you know, I was lucky because I actually had a sober coach when I stopped drinking and I kind of wrote her every single day. So I was like day two, here's how I'm feeling day four. Oh my God, it's Thursday night, you know, day Mm -hmm. seven, I woke up on a Sunday and I went for a run and that was amazing without a hangover. 
Um, but I have it. So if anyone's interested in that, I'll put it in the show notes. I literally audio recorded th- my first 30 days of my emails to my coach, you know, almost six years ago when I was in early wow. sobriety. Um, but it's it's really interesting. And some of my clients, you know, send me pictures of themselves. They take selfies, you know, obviously on day one, lots of people have done that, but like every week. And so they can see, you know, the difference in their skin and their eyes and the bloating and the redness. And so you don't realize how quickly things get better. But if you are, like Hillary said, tracking how you're feeling, you know, for me on day nine was the first night that I had a really good night's sleep. And you can kind of track the up and down like, oh, yeah, I went to this thing and I was super uncomfortable. And then the next day, you will have a total high hanging out with your kids and noticing the flowers and remembering the end of TV shows. And, you know, so the ups and downs are super interesting as an experiment um, that it is 100% worthwhile to capture in the moment. Definitely. 100%. And and I was just going to ask you, like, do you ever look back on those now and you're like, I mean, obviously you just re-recorded it, but like, you're like, wow, I'm a completely different human being. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, it's, is that? you know, what's crazy. A year ago, I had my coach on the podcast and we emailed a lot. Like that was sort of part of how I worked with her. We had phone calls and then emails. So we exchanged over 800 emails, um, which is insane over two years. So I have a complete log of my early sobriety, the ups and downs. So I shockingly know how I felt on day 72 versus 120, which is great as a sober coach with what I do Mm -hmm. now, because, you know, I can not only see my clients through it, but I, but I had it, I went through it myself, but it is, I mean, I feel like in the beginning, it's incredibly hard. And then like, oh my God, people have all these like, transformational aha moments about like, even I spent time with this person and I'm actually not sure I like them if I'm not drinking or I did this thing and I thought it would be awful, but it would, I had a deeper conversation that I've had in a long time or, you know, dude, I don't want to do this shit anymore. You know, like whatever it is. Absolutely. And I think, you know, to your point, I think having those epiphanies are even more motivating that you're moving in the right direction. I think, you know, when you realize maybe your friendships or your relationships are bound by alcohol, you realize like, wow, there are so many other, you know, people in my life that I bond with when, and, and have like deeper conversations with too, or like deeper when you're not inebriated and yeah. you can remember those conversations and you know what I mean? So yeah. it's a completely different experience. Yeah. And even doing, I mean, we talked a little bit about ideas of other things to do, but one of the things I love to do is like be a tourist in your own city. And January is kind of a good time to do it because it's sort of after the holiday rush. But you know, when I go to different cities, if I go to like Paris or Amsterdam or on vacation, I'm joining the bicycle tour or I'm doing the walking tour of a museum or, you know, going out to brunch and then going to like here in Seattle, we have Pike Place Market, which is absolutely gorgeous and crazy for photography and flowers and cheese and fish. And when you're sort of drinking and then recovering from a hangover and like drinking is literally the highlight of your day or your week. You never do that stuff. So it is really cool too. If you're like, I'm doing dry January and not drinking, like make a bucket list of if someone came to your town for me at Seattle for the very first time, what are the six things you would do or want to show them? And like, go do those. Yeah. Also, to your point, like as somebody who very much enjoys food, I like a big thing, especially in New York, is the culinary scene. And sometimes restaurants can be really expensive. And when you think about the amount of money that you're saving, like not spending it on alcohol, you can take your savings and treat yourself to something really nice at the end of, you know, your month. Motivating to you as well. And, you know, it doesn't have to be food. It could be, you know, a pair of shoes or like 
going to the spa or just, you know, paying off credit cards too. But yeah. my point being is that, you know, if you are a tourist in your own city, you can really spend that extra cash that would otherwise have been spent on alcohol. You just reminded me one of the things I, I highly suggest that people do is get a sober app. And, you know, one of the ones I like is called I'm Done Drinking. It doesn't have to be all about like, I'm sober, aka, you know, it's all serious. Um, the reason I suggest it is you can plug in there how much you drink each week, sort of each day, how much it costs, and what day you stop drinking. And I think people will be amazed just in the month of January how much that adds up. Like in my first 30 days, I saved $550 not drinking. I didn't wow. 40 bottles of wine and I'm five foot three in 30 days. Like, okay. So I drank like a bottle plus a night, but still it's amazing. And like all those calories. And I just was like 40 bottles of wine, like ingested into my frame. Like that is pure poison. But when you look at the money and you reflect back at the end of your goal, you're just like, oh my God, that was great. Good for me. Yeah. I think also, you know, depending on where you live, like a city like New York, I mean, you could get a cocktail of $25. And if you're obviously having more than one, then, and you're with a group of friends, I mean, your bill is already like, so I think that, yes, financial savings is a huge one. And not to mention that if you are drinking, you're also not driving. So you're yeah. Or you're going to take a cab or you're going to take another mode of transportation. And that's an additional thing. And then when you're wasted, you're probably not going to be the kale salad. You're going to go for some really high calorie cheesy fries or nuggets or pizza. I mean, just name all my favorite foods. But like truly like on top of, you know, what you were saying about calories too, it's not just the drinks. It's also the other things that are taking place and the recovery after, you know, while you're hungover, you're spending it on coconut water or breakfast burrito. I mean, I'd eat a breakfast burrito regardless of my favorite, <laughs> you know, but I, I love them so much, but you know, you're, you're, you're just Advil maybe like all the things that yeah. you're going to, you know, be consuming because you are not sober. Yeah. And so you told me a stat that I found amazing, and I wanted to ask you about it. You said for the average adult, they spend two years of their life hungover. Where did you find that? Literally my favorite statistic. So it was um, from a study done in the UK. So obviously their drinking age is a little bit younger, but it was, I believe, a supplement company, and that statistic has is burned into my mind. I mean, to think about what people are doing for those um, that amount of time, like literally feeling that they are nauseous or, you know, having a headache, having stomach issues, not able to go to work or, you know, hang out with their friends or literally just enjoy the day. They are just in bed feeling miserable. First of all, it's terrible. And second of all, the amount of time that it, it takes away Two years is a really long time. You could go to grad school. You could, you know, have basically two children in that amount of time. I mean, so much happens. Like, you know, by March, we will have been in this pandemic for two years. That's how long you spend feeling terrible. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah. And once I stopped drinking, I was like, I can't believe how much of my life I went through just feeling like utter garbage and not even realizing it because it was such my new normal, you know, not even realizing I thought like, oh, well, I've got, you know, I've just got a weak stomach or I've got a really stressful job or I always I'm I'm just an anxious person. And, you know, I still have anxiety, but, you know, 40 percent of what it used to be. Yeah, it's quite alarming also like the amount of time that I don't remember exact, exact number but you know the American taxpayer pays for people you know calling um not getting their job done essentially or accidents that happen due to alcohol related incidents or you know calling out of work and what that means 
it's just, it's crazy. Like the amount of detriment, is that the right word? But like, is that occurs when people are consuming alcohol. Like, and, and to your point, when you said normal, like I thought like to myself, like it is so normalized. Hi there. If you're listening to this episode and have been trying to take a break from drinking, but keep starting and stopping and starting again, I want to invite you to take a look at my on-demand coaching course, the Sobriety Starter Kit. The Sobriety Starter Kit is an online self-study sober coaching course that will help you quit drinking and build a life you love without alcohol, without white-knuckling it or hating the process. The course includes the exact step-by-step coaching framework I work through with my private coaching clients, but at a much more affordable price than one-on-one coaching. And the Sobriety Starter Kit is ready, waiting, and available to support you anytime you need it. And when it fits into your schedule, you don't need to work your life around group meetings or classes at a specific day or time. This course is not a 30-day challenge or a one day at a time approach. Instead, it's a step-by-step formula for changing your relationship with alcohol. The course will help you turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst case scenario to the best decision of your life. You will sleep better and have more energy. You'll look better and feel better. You'll have more patience and less anxiety. And with my approach, you won't feel deprived or isolated in the process. So if you're interested in learning more about all the details, please go to www.sobrietystarterkit.com. You can start at any time, and I would love to see you in the course. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you walk people through how to do dry January, what, you know, how to do a dry challenge. And I know it's for any month, so it could be sober October or dry July. I love that there are sort of these movements in in different times of the year that kind of give you a reason to Mm -hmm. um, take time off of alcohol, which I think everyone needs um, based on how much of our culture consumes alcohol at such a rate anytime. But if someone's listening to this on, you know, it's going to come out on December 30th, um, they might be listening to it on New Year's Eve, they might be listening to it on New Year's Day, which is perfect timing. What would be your best advice for like putting down that champagne glass and just going for it? Yeah, I would say, first of all, you have so much to look forward to in terms of benefits. And I think that 30 days, that's not so much time. It is a substantial amount of time, but like you have so much to win, right? Like there's so many positives. And I think that for me, on the other end of it, the biggest revelation was just how I was spending my time and like who I was spending it with and like how much time I just got back for other things that I love to do. And I think it's different for everyone, right? But I think, you know, if, if it is Jan 1, if you haven't prepared, like, don't fret it. Like, I did it on a whim. You know, I remember going to brunch on January 1st the next day, and I was with my friends. They ordered cocktails. They ordered water. The server came over with six free tequila shots, and I kindly took mine, and I talked to a friend. And it was, it, that was my now or never moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, okay, I can consume this, and it's already over. Or like, I'm going to pass on this. And once I pass on, pass on it, I felt like immediately more confident in my decision. Every time you say no, it's just like, it gets better. It gets easier. It gets like more natural and normal. But I was going to say like, you know, if you don't have time to prepare, don't worry about it. Like do it as you go. Like, you know, go on, on January 1st, you can take those bottles of alcohol. You can put them somewhere where you're not like passing it all the time. Right. Like, if your bar cart is sitting in your living room and you're working from home, it's just a reminder that alcohol is there. If there's, you know, beer in your fridge, like just give it to a friend, maybe toss it down the sink, like do whatever, you know, just to get it out of 
just for 30 days and then see how you feel. And, um, you know, beyond that, I think like you can ask for support. You can have a friend do it with you. I think that's really, really helpful for me. It certainly was. Um, recruit someone, make a bet with them, find your most stubborn friend and say, I'm going to bet you and bet them something that you really want to keep yourself motivated. Yeah. Um, and it could be anything. It doesn't have to be something that costs a lot of money. Maybe they always ask you to babysit their cat and you really want them to babysit your kids. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That accountability, that incentive, that skin in the game, that is really motivating when you want to say, why am I doing this? Or this isn't a big deal or who cares, you know, two weeks in. So if you're like, yeah, who cares, but I'm doing this with three of my friends and, you know, whoever wins gets X or whoever loses has to do Y, that can really push you through the hard part and it can be more fun. And also like, you'll have that person not only to like keep each other motivated, but if you're having a bad day, like to your point with your coach, like that's the person that you can talk about your ups and downs with. They yeah. will understand and they'll keep, they'll be your cheerleader too, you know? Um, Cause I think sometimes if you have friends who are not, and they're trying to get you to drink, that's not helpful if you're, you know, venting to them. But, but when you have your, your support squad there, like that's very helpful. Um, and then I think also like, I keep going back to this, but just really occupying your time with like, other activities that make you happy and, and get you excited yeah. um, and around alcohol, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so one thing I would say for, for women listening to this who are thinking about dry January, I'd love to suggest that you really treat it like an experiment and not a reset. Meaning so many of us say, I'm going to do dry January and that will, then I'll be better right? I will have gone 30 days, 31 days without alcohol. So then clearly I don't have a problem. And the challenge with that is you spend the first two weeks kind of, it's hard, right? You're in withdrawal, you're, you know, you're still not sleeping well, all the things. And then the second two weeks, you're basically counting down till the end of the month. So alcohol is your reward. So, you know, doing a month without alcohol is great, even better is if you can plant the seed in your mind, I'm going to do dry January and see how much better I feel. And if I want to keep going, like that's a subtle shift that makes a huge difference to just be like, oh, I've been tracking as Hillary suggested, like my feelings. Here's what I've noticed. Like my anxiety's down. I'm sleeping better. My skin looks amazing. I've gone to yoga six times. Whereas when I was drinking, I kept saying I would and I never did. My mood is better. I've done all these things. All right, I'm going to keep going. I want to see what what it feels like to do February, you know, and just keep moving the milestones as opposed to when you go into it, planning a huge boozy dinner on the first of February. Like, don't do that. And I would also say, like, be very cautious, too. Like, if you do, for whatever reason drinks again to go in like the way that you that you came out is recommended yeah then it's gonna be very sick so yeah I, I mean I think that yeah to your point I think there's so many people who have gone many months afterwards there are studies that show that people who do dry January there are many that just don't pick up the bottle ever again there are are other studies um at the University of Sussex that show that even you know six to nine months, those months. Um, I know that is what happened for me. Um, I certainly was drinking fewer drinks um, every week in the months that followed. And now year after year, I mean, there was a period of five months where I didn't drink at all. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, it's a great chance to reevaluate your relationship with alcohol without yeah. Constantly trying to moderate it or control it or just have two or just drink two days a week. You take it off the table. And by doing that, you put in your mind that you're done deciding if you go out to lunch or to dinner, am I going to drink? You're not drinking. So yeah. you get to focus on other things in your life, which is actually really cool. And most of us don't take enough time to do that. I agree. 
Well, so tell us where people can find your book, because I think it's awesome. And anyone who's doing Dry January, jump into it. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find the Dry Challenge on Amazon.com. Um, it is local at the Strand in New York City as well. And you can also go to the Strand's website um, and most other places where books are sold. Um, I will also say that the Dry Challenge, I think it is a huge shift for a lot of people. And I also want to note, though, that you know, if you are somebody who is looking for a recovery program, this is likely not for you. However, there are so many other resources and places to find help and support. Yeah. And, you know, the book is a great starting off point, which I love. And so for a lot of people, if you're ready to stop drinking, if you think that you absolutely need to, you know, more support is needed a lot of times, but everything in your toolbox is helpful. I love dry January as a reason to get started without dealing with all the mental hurdles of why are you stopping drinking and do you have a problem or what do I tell people? And so also on my website on hellosomedaycoaching.com, I have a free guide as well. That's 30 tips for your first 30 days. That's a great companion to the dry challenge. So go over there, download that too. And if you want to follow Hillary, I'll link to her website and the book in my show notes. But the the way I found her was you wrote really cool articles in the New York Times on finding love without alcohol on sober dating. And you wrote one on sheltering with your boyfriend and no booze. And I just think it's really cool to see articles like that from smart, cool women in big, big outlets like the New York Times. I mean, it's really spreading the word about the fact that you don't need to drink um, to do everything in your life, to date, to do whatever. And so the more people who write about it, I think the better it's going to be. Definitely. I agree. Thank you for saying that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Hey there, I hope you got a lot out of that interview and the episode about dry January, how to approach it, how to do a dry challenge, and how to jump in. And I want to encourage you to take this opportunity to jump into my special offer for the Sobriety Starter Kit course before the end of this year. You only have two days left, today and tomorrow, through New Year's Eve at the end of the day, to join my signature coaching course that takes you through my four-step framework for quitting drinking. In the course, I'll take you through eight modules and 50 videos that are super positive and proactive and step-by-step that will really help you stop drinking, that will help you figure out how to take it day by day and how to build a life you love, how to navigate tricky situations in a way that you're actually excited about, in a way that doesn't feel like deprivation and isolation. Today and tomorrow, you can get that entire course and save $100 off the January price, and you'll get invited to the first live two-hour kickoff event that I've ever done for the Sobriety Starter Kit. I'm going to be answering your questions, but also giving you a packed conversation and coaching session and information to help you start strong and keep on going. And if you can't attend the live kickoff on January 9th, don't worry, you'll get a recording of it, but it's going to be fun. And it's going to be a real boost to starting your year alcohol-free. So head on over to www.sobrietystarterkit.com. If you've been thinking about joining, if you've you know gone over to the page and read about what's included and thought about whether it'll work for you, now is the time. And I wanted to share what Erin wrote me about the course. She said, after spending 10 or more years of my adult life drinking, it was catching up to me. I desperately did not want to quit, but I also knew that something needed to change. The sobriety starter kit gave me a framework to guide me in my journey and the voice of someone who has been there and who gets it. The course helped me get through those difficult first few days and gave me solid recommendations that actually work in tricky situations like parties and weddings. 
I love that the course helps you build a life you don't feel you need to escape from with sobriety as a steady base. So if you want to jump into the course and want to save $100 now and attend a live kickoff with me, go to sobrietystarterkit.com. Do it now before the offer ends. I am really excited for you and for the year ahead. I think that 2022 is going to be really good for you. And I want to give you all the support you need to get started. All right. Happy new year. I hope it is amazing. And I am rooting for you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hello Someday podcast. If you're interested in learning more about me, the work I do, and access free resources and guides to help you build a life you love without alcohol, please visit hellosomedaycoaching.com. And I would be so grateful if you would take a few minutes to rate and review this podcast so that more women can find it and join the conversation about drinking less and living more. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.